taking care of the kiddos. Uh, his wife, McKenna, was not feeling very well. And so she he's going to take care of the kiddos and let her rest and get to feeling better while we break down, uh, of course, an exhibition game that is currently still going on right now uh, with the LSU men's basketball team. We'll give an injury update as uh, BK updated the injury list, uh, as well as uh, an early look into the LSU-Bama game. We won't go super into detail. We'll do our full preview Friday, and of course, we'll give you our predictions and how we feel like the game's going to go, and of course, as well as our TA tools for triumph. But first, we need to discuss this LSU men's basketball team, and currently, they are leading uh, the Louisiana Christian team uh, by a ton, by a lot. I don't know if a lot of y'all have been keeping up with it or trying to watch um, this this exhibition game that's currently going on right now. I'm trying to pull up the stats. Um, so LSU playing Louisiana Christian tonight in an exhibition game to try and get a warm-up before uh, playing this Monday. Of course, they will play this Monday. Uh, will be their actual start to the season. So getting a little bit of a warm-up uh, to try and get some guys uh, that, haven't had a whole lot of experience, game experience, like a lot of the freshmen. And we have seen a lot of the freshmen so far in this exhibition. But what I've really liked to see so far, what I've really liked uh, so far from this team is that um, they, they've they been shooting really well. Now, I understand you got to kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, right? Because they're playing an extremely outmatched Louisiana Christian team. Uh, right now, I think the score is, I, I'd have to go back and look. Uh, it was 70-something to 20-something. I think it was 77 to 28 or 26 or something like that the last time I checked. I'll tell you first off who I've been really impressed with is Tyrell Ward. Tyrell Ward has been shooting lights out. Um, he's got already got four threes from deep. He might have more now. Again, I had to exit off the game to make sure that our Wi-Fi was going to be okay uh, during the show. But Tyrell Ward has looked phenomenal. Uh Jordan Wright has looked phenomenal, as well as Will Baker. And something that me and Reagan have been discussing over text is that this team, uh, they are going to have a lot more size and a lot more athleticism than they did last year. And I would also say probably the biggest thing that you're going to see different from last year to this year is the depth. The depth for this team is huge. You have to consider that currently in this in this exhibition game, there's been no Derek Fountain. Derek Fountain not playing tonight. Uh, neither is Trey Hannibal or Jalen Cook. And we'll get more into the Jalen Cook uh, 
kind of rumors that we are hearing about his eligibility and stuff like that and what it may mean for for this team. But you got to consider that there is a lot of guys that are on this team that are going to play valuable minutes and potentially start for this team um, that are not even playing tonight. But I love what I've seen from Will Baker. Will Baker is going to be a mismatch nightmare. Um, He's been a mismatch nightmare all night for Louisiana Christian. That's going to continue as LSU gets into the regular season. Now, I'm not saying there won't be teams that will be a lot more competitive and that will push him and that will be able to defend him a lot better than this Louisiana, extremely uh, undersized Louisiana Christian team. But Will Baker is going to be a mismatch in a lot of the games that LSU has this season. And you've seen tonight they have been able to feed him the ball, and it seems like every time he goes up, it's just an easy dunk or an easy layup for him. And so, so far, he's looked really, really good uh, in, during this exhibition. But I also want to discuss uh, uh, the the depth between the not just the experienced players, but also the freshmen. We've seen Corey Chest tonight. We've seen. Um, we've also seen um, Mike Williams tonight as well. So it's been a very good and well-rounded. Um, uh, group of guys tonight between veterans and freshmen. I like what I've seen from Mike Williams, the freshman guard. Um, I like what I've seen from Corey Chess so far. It looks like Jalen Reed has taken a step forward this season so far as well. So a lot of really positive things to see from this uh, exhibition match, although it is – as Sox is trying to come into the shot there. Although it is – um, again, Louisiana Christian, you still, and you have to take it with a grain of salt. You still want to try to look at the positives. You still want to try to look at, um, how this team has improved from last year to this year. Again, the depth, the size, the athleticism, that is definitely going to be a difference in this year's team as compared to last year's. Now I mentioned Tyrell Ward, um, earlier. I believe Tyrell Ward is going to be a guy. We saw him come on late last year. He began to kind of get his footing, and he ultimately ended up being one of your best players last year. And I think he is going to be in the starting rotation for uh, this LSU basketball team as we head into the season here in about a week. Um, Now, I think another thing you want to look at from last year to this year is obviously LSU really didn't have the ability to shoot the three ball. I mean, you had some guys um, that – you know, could shoot the three ball, but the LSU just didn't. They weren't good at shooting outside of the perimeter last year. And so far in this game, again, take it with a grain of salt, it's Louisiana Christian. They have shot lights out from behind the perimeter. Will that continue into uh, regular season play as the competition gets tougher and into SEC play as the competition is as good as it gets? Um, We're going to find out, right? But I really like how this team is laced with veteran guys and younger guys. Not only that, but you if you want to, you can you can put certain lineups in when you need to. Like if you want to go big, you can go big. You can have Derek Fountain at the 4, Will, ba- Will Baker at the 5. You can have Tyrell Ward at the 3. Uh you could have uh Mike Williams who's 6-3 and Jordan Wright in the ball game. And those are some, and, those, and that's a really tall lineup for you, um, you know, that you could put out there. Um, or you could go smaller. I mean, either way, 
LSU has the ability now with the different players that they have, uh, the different uh, type of players athletically and skill-wise that they have, they have the ability to be able to put out all kinds of different uh, starting five rotational pieces. I mean, all, all that. You have that ability. Uh, we can't forget Marani Wilkinson. Marani Wilkinson has had a good night as well. Um, and the list goes on and on. Uh, I'm going to be really interested to see how these guys play in a week once you have Derek Fountain, Trey Hannibal, and Jalen Cook possibly back on the court. Now, in mentioning that, we have to discuss uh, there's been some rumors that there is an issue right now with Jalen Cook's uh, eligibility. It was first brought to my attention. I honestly didn't see anything or I, I didn't hear anything from social media, but it was first brought to my attention by Reagan, who shot me a text uh, a couple days ago and mentioned that that had been going around, that there might be an eligibility issue with Jalen Cook. Now, to be honest with y'all, I don't know exactly what all of that details. I don't know what could potentially be holding him up in his eligibility. For all we know, it may be nothing, and he's good to go on Monday. But so far, haven't seen Jalen Cook tonight, haven't seen Derek Fountain, haven't seen Trey Hannibal. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, obviously, you want Jalen Cook back uh, on, on your team. You want he, he is arguably one. Of, I mean, he's going to be arguably your best guard. Uh, obviously, Jordan Wright and Carlos Stewart may have something to say about that. But he is going to be arguably, arguably your best guard, and I think he is your best point guard. Um, he's got experience coming, obviously being at LSU in his first season. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see how that plays out for Jalen Cook. My hope is that he gets to play and he's in your starting rotation. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is kind of previewing some of these freshmen. So I mentioned Mike Williams. Mike Williams looks really good. He's fast. He's gotten a few rebounds. Uh, the last saw I watched, he, he had gotten a couple of rebounds to be a 6'3 guard and getting in there, getting boards. That was a good to see. Um, you obviously have um, Corey Chester. Corey Chester has looked good in the times that he's been in the game. And you have other guys. Um, uh, that might be actually all your freshmen. But you have other young guys like Jalen Reed and Tyrell Ward who are, you're also looking to take a step up this year for this team. So I, I'm not going to dwell on it any longer. Um, other than that, we're gonna. I'm just going to give you a prediction on my starting five uh, and also give you some things that Reagan wanted me to mention uh, as he is away tending to McKenna. Uh, a lot of the things that he said were pretty much the same things that I've mentioned already. In things. Let me get and, and give you a few things that Reagan mentioned. He wanted me to mention on the show. Uh, Tyra Ward shooting lights out uh, and Jordan Wright right behind him. Will Baker is going to be a mismatch problem. We discussed that um, for anyone that we play. He also said Corey Chess is going to be a star at LSU. He's a true freshman. He's ready to play now. As we said, the depth on this team is going to be tremendously better and tremendously different from last year, right? Whereas last year, you really relied on your starting five, and that was about it, right? Now, you saw guys, again, like Terrell Ward come along. But this year now, you have veteran guys, young guys, and they're all really good, right? And a lot of these guys are Matt McMahon's guys. Uh, outside of, really, Mawani Wilkinson, all these guys are Matt McMahon's guys. So, again, uh, Corey Chess, Reagan says, going to be a star. Um, 
He mentioned the depth, which we have discussed as well. Um, so let's go ahead, and I'm going to give y'all my starting five, who I believe is going to be the first five out on the court next Monday when LSU squares off versus Mississippi Valley State. Um, I believe that if Jalen Cook is eligible, you will see him at the one. You will see Jordan Wright at the two, Tyrell Ward at the three, and then you'll see Derek Fountain and Will Baker down low uh, manning the front court. Um, and I think that is a really good starting five. I think that's a really good starting five. There is um, there is talent there. There is size there. There is experience there. And I think that is a starting five that with somebody coming in like Jalen Reed, um, Corey Chess, Mike Williams, Trey Hannibal, Carlos Stewart, and those guys kind of, you know, coming off the bench, if that is your starting five, Jay, uh, excuse me, Jordan Wright, Jalen Cook, um, Tyrell Ward, Will Baker, and Derek Fountain, if that's your starting five, you've got a really good another set of guys, four to five guys that can come in and 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 keep it going for, for the Tigers. Um, that's my prediction. Now, what happens if Jalen Cook is not eligible to play immediately? Um, we'll have to wait and see. If he's not eligible to play, I think you're going to see probably Carlos Stewart get the start at, uh, at point guard. Uh, Carlos and Jordan, maybe you see Mike Williams get a start there. We'll have to wait and see. I definitely think Jordan Wright is going to be a starter for this LSU team. Um, I think between Mike Williams, Carlos Stewart, and Jalen Cook, those three guys could see a lot of time split between each other um, in the backcourt alongside Jordan Wright. But, again, Jalen Cook, if he's eligible, if he's not eligible, potentially Mike Williams or Carlos Stewart. Um, but you have so many options here uh, for LSU um, that, it, again, it's just so different from last year because last year um, the depth was just simply not there. It just simply wasn't there. Uh, we've got Jacob Robertson in here. He said LSU has got a good uh, good backcourt this year. Uh, I agree. Again, we listed off the guys. There's like four guys. There's really five. You got Trey, Carlos Stewart, Mike Williams, um, Jalen Cook, and Jordan Wright. Those five guys, you're really solid right there. You've got a really solid five for the backcourt that, uh, that, can, that can rotate out. And so I'm really looking forward to see how Matt McMahon uses all of these guys. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned last year, you know, I was really high on Trey Hannibal. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Trey Hannibal last year. I would love to see more of him this year. I think potentially, though, he might take a step back this year in his role. He might be more of a bench player. He might be more of, I don't know, that sixth guy. We're going to have to wait and see. But, um, you know, guys last year who you really relied on, probably some of them you're going to see take a step back, like Hannibal, like Moana Wilkinson, like Jalen Reed. I think Jalen Reed will have a pretty pivotal role in this on this team, but you potentially see them take a little bit of a step back than than they had last year is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Reagan was really right there with me. Um, he uh, he said virtually – he said the same thing. Uh, he believes that Cook, Wright, Ward, Fountain, and Baker, that they're going to be starters with potentially Mike Williams or Carl Stewart coming in if if Cook doesn't get the number. Um, Reagan also wanted me uh, to mention Hunter Dean. 
Hunter Dean is uh, obviously a grad student. He's a guy that can come in, I think, and give Will Baker some rest. He's 6'10". Um, he was one of those kind of later guys that came on and, and committed to LSU. I think he's a guy that probably comes in for Baker and gives him some rest. Um, but, gosh, can you imagine Hunter Dean and Will Baker in at the same time, 6'10", and, and seven foot in at the same time? That would be insane. That'd be absolutely insane. Um, so, but again, that just goes to show you have depth on this team and you didn't have it last year. Uh, Reagan just texted me. Uh, he wanted me to make, uh, again, an emphasis on how much bigger we are. I mean, guys, we've got your your guards are 6'3 and 6'6. Six, six. Carlos Stewart's 6'1, right? I mean, but Jordan Wright at 6'6, six, six, that's a tall guard, right? Will Baker, seven foot. Derek Fountain, six ten. Hunter Dean, six ten. Jalen Reed, six ten. Trey Tyra Ward at the three, six six. Corey Chess, six eight. I mean, you have got uh, Damian Collins, probably a guy that'll come off the bench. Probably won't see a whole lot of playing time, but you have got. You've got. Um, so, again, LSU is a lot more diverse this year. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they compete uh, as we get into the regular season. Obviously, again, we'll have to, you know, take it with a grain of salt as there's going to be some early games that, you know, LSU should win and win handily. Um, but that's going to give them experience. It's going to give them more team chemistry to work with each other, uh, for them to, to nail down their offense, nail down their defense, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I, I definitely think for me this year, I just want to see LSU be more competitive. Um, you kind of saw LSU, LSU started it off really good. I mean, they started the season off pretty good. You lost a close one to Kansas State last year. You beat Arkansas played a, then pl and played Kentucky really close. And then after that, LSU just, you know, the really the rails fell off and, and, you know, the the lack of talent and lack of depth on the team from last year uh, just really reared its ugly head as the season went along um, and as they wore down. I mean, you just saw that. And, and better teams, obviously, completely outmatched them. Um, and so, but they, but you did see Matt McMahon had them competitive early on. Um, and, I, and I just think it was the grind of the season and the lack of depth and lack of talent that you had on the team last year that ultimately had was the result of last season. So again, we'll see how they compete as they get into the regular season, but they will tip off against Mississippi Valley state. That'll be this upcoming Monday and it'll be at 7 PM on ESPN plus. If somebody in the comments has been watching y'all give me an update. What, what is a, what's the score currently? I know they're still in the second half. Uh, it's kind of funny whenever I decided to put the show together, I already went ahead and put, L you know, we'll recap LSU men's basketball dominant win, you know, because, I mean, you kind of expected it, right? So, anyways. All right, let's move on to an injury update. Of course, BK um, met with the media and gave an update. Uh, things are not looking good right now for Makai Wingo. And that was really the main point I wanted to hit on tonight is Makai Wingo, uh, as y'all may know, he had surgery this bye week, um, and it looks like he is going to miss potentially six weeks, maybe more. So 
it's looking like Makai Wingo is going to be out for the rest of the season. And me and Rager were discussing that. And obviously, that hurts because Makai Wingo was one of your starting interior defensive linemen. And I, I texted Reagan. I said, you know, that sucks. I hate that for him. But I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. Because, honestly, Jordan Jefferson has had a really good year so far. He's had a really good year for, so far. And I think him and Parashan, you know, along with Mason Smith and Jacoby and Guillory, I think they're going to be able to be fine and definitely serviceable in replacing Makai Wingo. I, I don't – I'm not super worried about losing Makai Wingo. And I don't want to take anything away from him. I think Makai Wingo is a star. I think he's a phenomenal uh, defensive lineman. But I think LSU can be able to manage that, right? Now, where I am nervous is at the defensive back position. As we know, um, we'll get more update on Zy Alexander. Uh, but it's looking like we won't probably get a firm update between now and maybe two weeks from now from what BK, BK said. So, obviously, you can expect Zy Alexander to miss the Alabama game. I wanted to hear what the update was on Deuce Chestnut and Denver Harris. As y'all know, on our last episode, Reagan asked me, who do you think steps up? I said Denver Harris at the time. He wasn't available. And unfortunately, he's still not available. And it doesn't look like he's going to be available anytime soon, which really, really hurts uh, LSU secondary. You are already hurting, right? It was already a weak unit, but now you just lost pretty much all the guys that you brought in from the transfer portal. You lost Denver. You lost Deuce. You lost Zai, right? I mean, all those guys that you brought in to help support that secondary, specifically the cornerback room, those guys aren't able to play right now. I mean, they're not there. And we have to accept that. Luckily, Sage Ryan has come along and looks like he's been pretty at one of the island spots. The big question is, who the heck is going to fill in at the other spot? So now you're looking at guys like Ashton Stamps, JV and Taviano, LaTerrence Welsh. Um, LSU is going to have to heavily rely on a young freshman or sophomore cornerback to step up and defend Alabama's number two. It's going to have to happen. They're going to have to throw him into the fire and, and, and hope if I'm, if, if, again, if I'm Matt house, I'm going to try to scheme to help that other guy out, right? You're going to have to try and leave Sage Ryan, but you're going to have to also help out who are the other opposite cornerback position is if it's Ashton Stamps, if it's Javon Taviano, if it's LaTerrence Welsh, you know, whoever it is, they're going to have to, I think, scheme to help that other corner out. Because you have to imagine that Sage Ryan is probably going to guard Jermaine Burton. And so your opposite corner is going to probably have to guard someone like Isaiah Bond, right? Or um, Prentice. Um, so I'm very interested to see who LSU puts out there, uh, who LSU is going to replace with Zai Alexander. No, Zai Alexander was not an All-American. No, he was not some, you know, just amazing cornerback that has had a phenomenal season that you lost. Um, but he was your most consistent player. I mean, he, he's, he's been the guy that's been out there all season long, right? He was your most, your most trusted. 
Obviously, they trust him enough. If he, he he's been out there the most out of any other cornerback, uh, Zay Alexander. So to lose him is a massive deal. Moving on, uh, looks like Emory Jones is going to be back, which is extremely extremely uh, comforting for this offensive line. Not that they needed it. I think even if you didn't have Emory Jones, I think Zalance Hurd would have been uh, fine being able to play the right guard position. Um, obviously he's young, he's growing, he's going to make mistakes, but I think LSU would have been fine to, if, if they had to have Zalance Hurd in the ball game and starting here, I think they would be fine. But it looks like Emory Jones is going to make his way back um, and be able to play uh, this game uh, against Alabama. So as far as injury updates, that's all I have. Uh, those are the biggest things. Uh, that I want to hit on and on with with the injury update. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we will address some comments. If you're watching us tonight, we appreciate you joining us. I see Tyler Towns is in here. He says, "What's up, everyone?" I saw uh, Jacob or Robertson was in here. Jason Baker's in here. Guys, y'all do me a favor. I'm riding solo tonight, so if y'all can shoot me a question, hashtag uh, hashtag Tell me, T.A., and I would love to get to your questions. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back right after this. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram, at Saints Anthem, and at Twitter, at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. All right, guys, we are back. And give me one second here. I'm trying to minimize my screen here. Try to, try to mess up on me. All right, we're back, guys. And um, it is official. It is official that it is Bama Hate Week. Jason Baker was in here. He said it's LSU Bama Week. Uh, it's officially Bama Hate Week. I'm also trying to get a score update on the men's basketball game. Um, Reagan also wanted me to mention, uh, I mentioned Ashton Stamps as potentially a guy that could step up and play corner for you this upcoming week and replace uh, and replacement of Zy Alexander. Uh, we also did hear that Ashton Stamps was back in practice this week. Um, Reagan says the current score update uh, between LSU and Louisiana Christian is 118 to 44. He said this team can really shoot. Uh, yeah, they have done that much. I would love to get a percentage. Let me see if I can get a percentage on him from him. I mean, I don't care who you are. If you're putting up 118 points on somebody, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Odena Girl is joining us. Thank you, Odena Girl, for uh, helping me out, sending me a question without Reagan here. Uh, she says, tell me, T.A., are you a little concerned about the rest leaning Bama due to bias and home field advantage? Could it have a big impact on the game? Um, Danny, I, I, I think you have to kind of, you know, when you're playing away, you kind of have to expect the rest to lean more towards the home team. I mean, that's just 
That's just college football, right? And so am I am I concerned? Maybe a little, not really. Um now, I mean, I think the worst the worst rest ref game that we've seen this year was Missouri, and that was on the road. Um, will we see that against Bama? We're gonna have to wait and see. We're gonna have to wait and see. Um, you know, I I I, I am not one to blame the refs for a loss. I think that there are so many excuses. When you lose, you create excuses, right? When 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 your favorite team loses, fans begin to create excuses. Why? Because they're losers. That's a big thing that me and Reagan talk about, right? And you should be able to overcome the obstacles that are thrown in your way, right? If you're a good football team, if you're a great football team, you should be able to overcome the obstacles and be able to still come through. That's what good football teams do. That's what great football teams do. The refs shouldn't matter. If you're a good football team, the refs shouldn't matter. You overcome the adversity, and you win the game. Um, LSU did that versus Missouri. There was a lot of questionable calls. There was a lot of, quite honestly, just crap calls. And what did LSU do? They overcame them because they were the better team, and that's what you want to see. Again, when you're a loser, you create excuses. Well, it was the refs. Well, it was our offensive coordinator. Well, it was this. Well, it was that. Well, it was this and that. And I'm not saying that people are wrong in their opinions and their suggestions of what caused the loss, right? But when you're a winner, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Even if you had crap calls, it doesn't matter, right? Again, I refer to the Missouri game. You had crap calls. It was terribly officiated, but you won the game, right? I'm not going to blame the refs. Now, there's been one, one game in my lifetime of watching LSU football that I've blamed the refs for a loss. One. And you know how, and it's the only one I can remember of blaming the refs. That's how you know that it probably was the only game that actually could you that you could actually blame on the refs. And all my lifetime watching LSU, there's been plenty of games where refs caught caused stupid made, made stupid calls that that changed the game. And could you argue that it potentially made a team lose? Yes. But there's only been one, maybe two games that I can mention in my lifetime as an LSU fan that I would say LSU lost because of the refs. The first one and the most egregious one was in 2018 versus Texas a I think everybody knows about that. I think we all can recall the terrible calls that they made in that game. We remember the kneel down that they where they called Kellen Mond down after he had thrown an interception when he where he bobbled the snap and he went down to pick it up and he and he threw an interception. They ruled him down. If you watch the replay, he doesn't have possession of the football when his knee is down. He has possession of the football after his knee had already come up. We remember in overtime when uh, I want to say it was Grant Delpit. He popped the tight end after a catch. The, the tight end made the catch. He made a turn, made a football move. We popped him, fumbled. He fumbled. We recovered. No review. They ruled it incomplete. Right? Bad call by the refs. And then, of course, we uh, you remember the pass interference call. 
call um, that virtually gave Texas A&M an extra opportunity to get that two-point conversion, and they did. Um, honestly, that was really the only time that I can think of that I would blame the refs for that game. The other one would be, I think it was 2008 LSU versus Bama, the Patrick Peterson interception, where it's very clear there's a, at least two inches of grass between his foot and out of bounds, and they reviewed it and still called it incomplete. That he, I mean, that was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I, I don't want to go into this thing, and, and I'm not trying to pick on you, Danny, but I don't want to go into this thinking, man, I really hope the refs don't screw us over, right? I want to go into this thinking, I want LSU to execute on offense and do what they've been doing on offense all year. I want them to make some stops defensively and build off what they have been able to do here recently and go win the game no matter what the refs do, right? Overcome it. Overcome it. Um, Reagan just shot me a text. 132-44, to 44, the final score for the men's exhibition game. Um, I would say that was a whoop-down, uh, a beat-down. <laughs> that was a whooping. Uh, almost a 100-point difference for the LSU men's basketball team. They scored 132 points. Holy cow. They have all their... They have life. They have life on offense, this team does. Again, take it with a grain of salt. We'll have to see how the rest of the year go, goes against stiffer competition. Reagan said, I'm not saying we're winning the SEC, but we will win a lot more conference games than we did last year. Uh, we shot 63% behind the arc tonight. And Reagan also wanted me to know that the ruling has not been made yet by the NCAA on Cook's eligibility. Um, so, again, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Maybe he doesn't play this upcoming week uh, versus Mississippi Valley. Um, so, you might see him sit for a little while until they're able to get his eligibility. Worst-case scenario, he has to sit another year, and then he gets to play next year. That would suck for LSU. I hope it doesn't. But I think we have to acknowledge that that could be a possibility. Could be a possibility. Um Oh, Danny said, oh, I'm not uh, I'm not a blame the rest person either, but I do know that calls across the NCAA this season and NFL honestly have swung games. Yeah. Um, hopefully we don't have to deal with that on Saturday night versus Alabama. I hope we don't have to deal with the bull crap. Because honestly, like if LSU loses, I don't want it to be because I don't want people – to be coming in our DMs and in our mentions and on X saying, oh, it was the rest. Oh, it was the rest. Because that's a loser's mentality. It's a loser mentality. It's an excuse, right? We didn't, oh, we, we, we didn't have a cornerback, right? Go win the game. Go be the better team. LSU is the better team talent-wise. I, I fully believe that. Now, do I believe we're going to win the game? We're going to discuss that on Friday. We'll discuss that on Friday. But I do believe LSU is the more talented team this year than Alabama. And I think Alabama is going to have to play uh, arguably the best offensive game that they have all year. They have the opportunity to do that against this LSU defense and with the holes that we have in our secondary. They're going to have that opportunity. Um, but overall, I think LSU is the better team. So go be, go win. 
Go beat them. Go be the better team. Don't worry about it. You know, forget it being away. Forget it being in Tuscaloosa. Forget it being Alabama. Forget it. Forget, you know, the, the possibility of refs messing you up. Who cares that um, you have a, a starting cornerback that's out? Guys, do we not forget? Do we not remember 2021? What LSU did in 2021? They had walk ons in the secondary against Bryce Young and a better team. And he had a better team in 2021 than he did in 2022. And LSU went into Tuscaloosa and battled them and fought them tooth and nail and darn near came away with a win in that game. So I don't want to hear, well, our, we've, we're down, our secondary is terrible. We know that. We know our secondary is not good. I don't want to hear, well, we're down Zy Alexander. So somebody go step up. Somebody put a guy in there, step up, make the play. It's it, it's 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 do or die for LSU in the season. If you want any shot of a potential college football playoff berth, if there's any shot of that left, you have to win this game. So you're gonna have to have guys step up and play out of their mind. You're going to have to have some young guys step up and play out of their mind on defense, on defense. I think we know what we've got offensively. I think, obviously, we know what they can do offensively. But you're going to have to guys have to have some guys that take a major step up on the defense this, this week and perform. I mean, you're going to have to have it. So, I, I appreciate your question, Danny. But just go be better. Go be the better team. You, you are the better team. Don't let it being an away game or what the media is saying or whatever. Make this about you and your team and what you can accomplish and what you have offensively. The defense needs to thrive off that. They need to make a major step up this week. And if you do, you can come out victorious, regardless of refs, regardless of it being on the road, regardless of whatever. Um, O'Danny said, I agree. I do not want to have that excuse. I want it to be clean, a clean win or a loss. I agree. I agree. He said, if, and big if, we cannot pull it out, we need to win out anyway and shoot for a bigger bowl against Notre Dame. That is a win-win in my book because we are still way ahead where we should be in year two. I agree. That'd be awesome. And, and I think you're right, Dan. Like, if you lose this game, and you're able to win out the rest of your games. You're able to beat Florida. You're able to, able to beat Georgia State. You're able to beat uh, Texas A&M. You know, you, you, you still could have a phenomenal season. You can go win a 10th game in a bowl game, go play a big New Year's Six Bowl, and win a 10th game, right? And have a 10-3 and, 10 and three season. That'd be a great season again. Uh, again, it'd be a – it'd be uh, – would be ahead of schedule, in my opinion. Now I predicted LSU to go nine and three. I predicted LSU to go nine and three with losses to Florida State, Ole Miss, and Alabama. And so far, the first two have become true. The first two have come true. I hope I'm wrong about the third one. I hope I'm wrong about the third one, and LSU is able to pull this win off, and they're able to win the rest of their games. They're able to go. They're able to go 10-2, and two, and they're able to play in the SEC Championship and have a shot at the College Bowl playoff. I hope that's the case. We'll find out. And I'll give more of a prediction, more of my opinion on how I believe this game is going to go 
next Friday. So, so far, uh, we've seen the line between LSU and Alabama fluctuate a little bit. Right now, it is sitting at, at Alabama minus three. And when we see minus three for a home team, we know that from a betting standpoint, this game has become a coin flip. And the home team always gets a three-point advantage. They always do, especially in betting. They get a three-point advantage because they're at home, right? Alabama currently has that three-point advantage. So what Vegas is telling you and what odds makers are telling you, what the bettors are telling you, is that they believe this is a coin flip game. And I would agree. I would agree. I believe that uh, this is a 100% a coin flip game. Y'all, I am I'm confident. I am confident in this team heading into this week. I'm confident in their ability to put up plenty of points on that Alabama defense, although this will be the best defense that we have seen all year. Maybe you could argue that Florida State's defense is better. Maybe. But honestly, I believe Alabama's defense is better. Um, so this is going to be the best defense that you've seen all year. But when we've seen better defense, it didn't matter for this LSU offense. They still were able to put up points. They still, I, I still believe that LSU can put up 30 points in this game, 100%. Obviously, the biggest matchup is going to come down to LSU's defense versus Alabama's offense. Weakness on weakness. And we've seen this story before, right? When we played Auburn, I'm not saying this game's going to go like Auburn. I'm not saying that at all. But against Auburn, it was weakness on weakness and strength on strength. You had LSU's offense, strength, versus Auburn's defense, strength. You had LSU's defense, weakness, versus Auburn's offense, weakness. And we saw how well that went for LSU. Again, I'm not saying it's going to be the same outcome as LSU-Auburn was. But you have a very similar situation here against Alabama. You have LSU's offense, strength, versus Alabama's defense, strength. Alabama's offense, weakness, versus LSU's defense, weakness. I fully believe this is going to be a high-scoring game in the 30s, potentially 40s. The question is going to be, how many stops can LSU's defense get? And can they be able to generate some turnovers? And I'll discuss more in depth on that on Friday, but LSU is going to have to make plays defensively. They're going to have to try and, and turn the ball over, turn and, and force Alabama to turn the ball over. They're going to have to, because if you're able to give this LSU offense extra possessions, it's going to make it extremely difficult for Alabama's defense, uh, for Alabama's, I should say Alabama's offense, Alabama's offense to keep up if LSU's offense is is clicking on all cylinders like they have all season, right? So we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see. All right, guys. I think I have just about exhausted everything I wanted to be able to cover with y'all tonight. Obviously, hated not being able to have Reagan here. Uh, we hope McKenna is doing, doing well. Uh, obviously, he's been dealing with the sickness, so Reagan was on daddy duty tonight watching Luca and Zeke. I, I really enjoyed getting to see them this weekend. Um, it, it was a, it was a blast to get to see Luca and Zeke. They, they stopped by, um, this weekend for a little bit. So it was a joy to get to see, 
uh, both of my nephews, and I know that they're going to be rooting hard with uh, Reagan, their daddy, uh, uh, this weekend, this upcoming weekend for LSU versus Alabama. Uh, guys, we're taking one more quick break, and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, a few more comments in here. Uh, oh, Danny Girl has been in here. We appreciate you, Danny. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Tyler. And thank you all those that will come back and watch later on. I uh, appreciate y'all joining us tonight. We'll hit a few more comments before we wrap up. Danny, Danny's in here. She's she's in here blowing it up. I appreciate that. Uh, she said, I predicted 9-3 and three with losses to Florida State, Missouri, and Texas A&M. Already have one wrong. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, we were able to beat Missouri. That game was close, though. Uh, I think I think a lot of people predicted LSU to lose to Florida State. I honestly did. I honestly did. I didn't. I didn't see LSU winning the first game. Um, she said, "If I was a better, I would bet the over on it." Let's look at that real quick. I'm glad you mentioned that, Danny girl. Let's look at that real quick. I want to see what the over under is. I don't know how I haven't looked at that already. Let's see. Okay. So the over-under so far, it's at 60. Yeah, I'm betting the over on that. A hundred percent. Betting the over. For sure. Because I, I think this game is going to be in the 30s, and I don't think both teams are just going to score 30. They're going to score more than 30, I believe. Both teams. I think both teams are going to score more than 30. So, yeah, I would bet the over. For what it's worth, ESPN Analytics has uh, Alabama at a 62-and-a-half uh percentage-wise favorite over LSU to win this game. But I, I, I typically don't really pay a whole lot of attention to that. I, I really tend to lean more on the betters and what the betters uh, are telling us. Night game in Tuscaloosa, baby. Friday. It's going to be on CBS. I would imagine we're going to get – I think it's already been announced. We're going to get Gary Danielson. 6.45. Such a weird time to start the game. 6.45? Why is it not 6 p.m. or 6.30 p.m.? 6.45? It's kind of a weird start time for me. One more thing I want to discuss before we wrap up and end the show. And I'm sure Reagan will hit on this. We'll have to let Reagan uh, give a lot of insight next show since he wasn't able to be on tonight. Look, guys, and I've been talking about it with Reagan and with Dad over text for, for a little while now. Jane Daniels has a massive, massive opportunity this upcoming Saturday night. He has the opportunity to put himself in a, in a very much favorable position to win the Heisman if he goes and does what we think he can do against Bama this upcoming Saturday night. You've seen guys like like Pennix struggled. Pennix struggled this past week. I mean, let me go back and look at his numbers, but they weren't great, guys. They weren't great. Give me a minute. 
So Washington, they escaped Stanford this past week, right? Just to go around college football, we had some scares this weekend. We had some scares in football this weekend. Um, okay, maybe it was last game. Penix had 369 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. That's better than I thought. I, I, it definitely was the week before. But Washington struggled. They they uh, were able to hold off Stanford. Penn State had a close game against Indiana. As, y- as y'all know, I'm sure y'all saw, Oklahoma was the big upset of the, 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 the weekend with Kansas upsetting them. I watched all that game. And, you know, people were talking about Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gray, that was the one I wanted, not, not Pennants. Dylan Gabriel, 171 yards and an interception. That was his stat line versus Kansas. Um, let's go to, let's see, uh, other front runners. I don't think Michigan played this week. I was trying to see if Michigan, I don't think they played this past weekend. North Carolina lost to Georgia Tech. Arizona beat Oregon State. Arizona's been kind of a sneaky good team. Sneaky good team. Tennessee played a close game with Kentucky. That was a really good game. We'll have to see this week because obviously this this week, let's see, does Michigan is Michigan off this week? Okay, so they play Purdue. Obviously, JJ should have a pretty good game against Purdue. But the leading Heisman front runner, JJ McCarthy, 1,799 yards. He's at 1,800 yards, 18 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Okay. 1,800. Jane Daniels is almost at 2,600 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, three interceptions. It's just frustrating, y'all. It's just frustrating. He should be the front runner right now. But he's going to have to go prove himself at Alabama. And that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. All right, Odetta Girl said Pennix struggled two weeks in a row. That he did. Stanford gave that game back to Washington this week with poor coaching. And that drop. They had a massive drop on fourth and, what was it, fourth and four, fourth and three. Dude was wide open in the flats. Dropped. But then he said, Miami, Penn State, Washington, USC, all had struggle wins. Yep. Oklahoma lost. Oregon State lost. So, yeah. I'm going to tell y'all, college football this year looks wide open. It really does. Now, I will say, Georgia is really coming along. Georgia looks really good right now. Like, early on the season, you know, I was like, you know, if we make it to the SC Championship game, like, we're going to have a really good chance to beat them. And now, you're like, holy crap. Georgia looks like Georgia. They look like the Georgia team that we've seen the past couple of years because Beck's figuring it out, and even without Brock Bowers, they're, they're figuring things out, and they look extremely dangerous right now. So, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Ole Miss plays AM this weekend. We'll discuss some of that as well uh, on, on Friday whenever, Reagan, whenever Reagan's back. Uh, doesn't matter if you – I mean, if you win or lose – you got if you win the game, you got to hope Ole Miss win, loses somewhere else. Otherwise, you're going to a tiebreaker. And 
while LSU's tiebreaker is favorable for them because if if LSU, let's just say LSU wins out, they beat Bama, they win out, and let's say Ole Miss wins out. They somehow beat Georgia, they beat AM, they beat the rest of their team, they beat State, they beat the rest of their opponents, right? Well, then it would go down to a tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker is your cross-divisional opponent's combined record. So for LSU, it would be Missouri and Florida. And right now that's looking really good because Missouri has one loss and Florida has two. So right now it's looking really good for LSU in that regards, right? Well, on the other hand, Ole Miss had Vanderbilt and Georgia. Now Georgia's going to tip that scale a little bit for them, but they got Vanderbilt. You already had an advantage right there, right? And for Bama, it would be Tennessee. And let me see if I can find the other one. I forget who Bama plays in the East outside of Tennessee. It would be Tennessee and Kentucky. Kentucky's five and three. Tennessee is five and two. So honestly, it'd probably be between LSU and Bama if you were to beat Bama and almost went out. So you really, really want Ole Miss to lose. You want Ole Miss to lose outright to someone like A&M or Georgia, which I believe will happen. I believe will happen. But LSU has got to take care of business first this Saturday against Alabama, 645 on CBS. Alabama, three-and-a-half-point favorite, over and under is at 60. If you're an odds maker, I would, if you're a better, I would tell you bet the over. Bet the over, bet the over, bet the over. Um, let's see. Danny said Georgia looked scary this past weekend. That they did. She said, is that your holy cat? <laughs> holy cat. Uh, that is socks. And he is a demon cat. He's, he's not really holy. Actually, he's really sweet. He's really sweet with me. It's everybody else that he hates. So he was kind of a rescue cat. Um, I found him on the street being attacked by a dog. It had ripped his left ear, right? His right my left, his right, his right ear off. And I shoot off the dog and called for the cat. And it came running into my arms and jumped into my chest and was just shaking and stuff. Uh, yes, I did find him in church, church parking lot. That is where I found him. Um, that is where I found him whenever the dog was taking his ear off. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I don't want to bore y'all with uh, a cat story, but his name is socks. He's missing an ear. And I did find him in church parking lot, but because he was wild, um, he is a little wild himself. So anyways, all right, guys, I've enjoyed my time with y'all. Appreciate you, Danny girl, for keeping it lively in here. Um, appreciate all the other guys that were to join us. Um, if you're listening to us on the podcast, be sure to rate us, review us, uh, like us. If you're watching us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, give us a like, give us a share. We would greatly appreciate that. It goes a really, really long way for us. So thank y'all so much. I see y'all uh, hit the like button in here tonight. Appreciate you guys doing that. Guys, we will be back this Friday. We'll be sure to announce exactly what time. I would imagine it'll be somewhere between 6 and 7 o'clock is what we typically do. So we like to do a little bit earlier on Friday. So probably around 6, 6 o'clock on Friday. Reagan, hoping he'll be able to be back here with us. Hopefully McKenna's feeling better. But we'll be back to do a deep dive into LSU-Bama, do a complete preview, uh, give our TA tools for triumph, and, of course, give you our prediction for the game. We appreciate you guys. Five Star here. Take us out. Peace. Peace.